Hello. Hi, Paul. <laughs> so, this is the first time I'm having a guest on my podcast. Even the phrase "my podcast" feels weird to say because I haven't really told anyone about it. Anyway, here we are. We have Stephanie. Hi. Stephanie is my partner, <laughs> and she's doing cool things. So let's talk about it. Um, Sounds good, Paul. So, basically, your life's work, right? Yeah. It's under this name called Fiercely Okay, or Fiercely Okay Choirs, or Fiercely Okay Movement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, you've been working on your website and trying to define what that is, what Fiercely Okay is. Uh-huh. Maybe we could talk about where it came from. Mm-hmm. Like, where did, even before you had the phrase Fiercely Okay, like, what were the influences? Okay. Probably your trip to New Zealand is an influence. I don't know if you had the phrase fiercely okay in your head when you went to New Zealand. I remember the first time I said those words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what it was w- in a kitchen in New Zealand. Oh. Tell me that story. <laughs> okay. Well, I was at an intentional community called Tui Community, and I was there to learn about permaculture. That's what I thought, but that wasn't actually the case. Um, the background, part of the background, was that I was learning about drama. Drama? I was learning about drama. I'd met a psychotherapist in the community who'd taken an interest in this particular group of interns who were at the community. And we took a particular interest in her, and she started sharing, while making space for us to learn with her. This is making sense? Yeah. So there was, okay, so you were interns at a, at an intentional community that did permaculture? Yeah. We were there, there was four of us, and we were to be there for six weeks. They like to have a small group of people come and stay for a longer period, as opposed to having woofers or energy exchange, um, interns coming. For a short period of time. Short period of time and at different times and you have overlap between different people and you don't have a chance to really get to know um, the interns and they don't get a chance to know one another. So yeah, they made it really intentional. It was easier for them to manage if they had four people there at one time. And so we got really close within the first three days. Three days? Yeah, I remember after like three days, we were already feeling like this internship's going to end too soon. Three days into a six-week internship? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why the word, the day, three days sticks out for me, but it really didn't take long. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so you went there, you thought you were there to learn about permaculture. Yeah, that's why I'd gone there. Um, why, why did you want to learn about permaculture? Um, well, this whole journey began with the big question in my mind of how do we build inclusive, resilient, and sustainable community? Um, inclusive, sustainable, resilient community. You know, have it at that point, I lived there 23 years and that seemed to be the thing to be rooting for. Inclusive, so that every single human can be a part of it. Sustainable, so that we can keep enjoying it. And then resilient, so we can bounce back from challenges. And permaculture seemed like a really great um, place. Permaculture. Permaculture mm -hmm. seems like an answer, a possible, like it was full of good tools for creating yeah. that. Uh, there's plenty of podcasts just on permaculture and how that is a, an important tool for yeah. for saving us from climate change and food insecurity and all of these things. But Yeah. Yeah, within the name itself, it's permanent agriculture yeah. and also permanent culture, which I really mm. appreciate. It's not just about making our, our um, natural world sustainable. It's also how our culture can support that and how we can be permanent. Okay, so you thought you were going to learn about that. Yeah, this is a big story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so many different pieces. So then what happened? Well, yes. Um, yeah, the particular group of people I was with were interested in like personal growth and self-discovery and there were people living in the community who were very intentionally living a radical lifestyle that um, was constantly um, looking at themselves from the outside in Yeah, they were into radical responsibility and radical honesty and big love and seeing one another as, this is getting a little bit too weird. <laughs> <laughs> this part doesn't really matter. What was really interesting, um, there were lots of different concepts that I ended up finding really helpful. And one of them was the concept of drama, which we hear about all the time in our in our school system mm -hmm. we take these english classes and we talk about drama how it's like this important aspect of a a good story you've got a hero and you've got victims and you've got persecutors and they all act towards one another in a way to make an interesting story mm -hmm. but no one does no no one takes time yeah to consider how these dynamics are at play in our lives all the time and they're not actually helpful yeah well, some people use drama in, in the way that, like, oh, it's just, like, teenage drama. They'll get over it or something. Hmm. There's that use of the word drama. But let, let's, let's talk about what you mean when you say drama. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Ah, 
Um, well, the, the type of drama that's not very helpful is any situation where real people end up uh, taking in the story that they're not okay. Um, that story in your mind, when it's playing over and over again, when it play, interplays with your feelings and your body, because they're all connected, you end up feeling powerless. And you can end up feeling that way by uh, creating that story for yourself or having it written for you by other people in the way that we interact. And it's only when we bring our attention to this happening that we can take the power away from that story because we can actively choose to not believe it. And this was becoming very important to me at this time in New Zealand because I was realizing that um, there were many narratives in my mind that I wasn't paying attention to that were causing me a lot of pain. I was still a pretty anxious person um, and was waking up feeling really sad every single morning at this two-week community and didn't know why that was. It wasn't until people started shining light on stories that were being created in my mind, like not being okay, which is the number one, I think, having one person being in a position where they're feeling not okay or thinking that they're not okay, I think defines drama for me. Mm. Um, Was there any reason you thought you weren't okay? Yeah. I was coming out of a lifetime of schooling, and all I knew about my success was productivity. Mm. And I thought that on this journey, I had to document my pro my progress, my self-discoveries, my um, what I was learning about permaculture and what I was learning about creating a sustainable, resilient, and inclusive world. And I had to document it in a way that was effective and also timely and artistic and I was definitely not doing any of those things while you I had, was also just trying to enjoy myself. You had this blog. I had a blog. That you were, you set, you gave yourself homework. I gave myself a lot to, of homework, To yeah. do this blog and you I, were giving yourself marks on it. Yeah, basically. For the first month I did it every single day. And uh, and then at some point that became unsustainable because I didn't have access, access to internet every single day. And so I turned to Instagram. Instagram became the thing I used as frequently as I could. And those posts would take me forever because I wanted to capture the essence of the full fullness of my experience. And, and I was singing with choirs everywhere I went and I wanted to document those experiences so that I wouldn't forget what they were like and I was getting behind and the more I got behind the more work there was to do and the more I was not remembering and so of course yeah I woke up in the morning feeling like I was a failure a big fat failure which is I learned is was me being in my own drama triangle where I was not only the victim the failure <laughs> the not okay loser who was not achieving my goals but I was also the persecutor who was telling myself this who had set these standards and was like you're not okay. I'm going to destroy you with my big expectations of you. Hmm. So you met some people 
who were into personal growth and psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And they pointed this out to you that these are just stories that you made up that are causing you to feel like you're not okay? Yeah, they had a whole framework for helping me understand it. They, the um, very visual fa- framework where they described my mind or the combination of my mo- uh, my beliefs and my judgments and my narratives. They called that my box. It's the filter through which I see everybody and through which other people see me. So the they came up, they had this, what do you call it? Framework. Framework, yeah. That included a concept called the box. Mm-hmm. Can you describe your box? <laughs> ah. So if it's the filter through which everyone sees me, yeah, it's, it also includes my habits and my personality. So my box is a good girl mm-hmm. who believes that life should be meaningful and intentional. Um, and believes I have a purpose here that I need to do my best to serve other humans. And it's your box that was creating these stories that you had to document everything you were learning about permaculture and and put it online and do all of that, which you weren't doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they gave you a framework for how to understand these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, giving someone 20 minutes to unpack their whole lives is hard, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this might go over 20 minutes. Okay. As long as we're okay with that. I feel like it's a little all over the place. I think I need to make a diagram for whoever's going to listen to this. That's okay. I think we're good. Okay. You went to you went to New Zealand. You thought you were going to learn about permaculture. You had set these goals or high standards for yourself. Mm-hmm. Your box had set these high standards for yourself. And you weren't yeah. achieving those standards. And then so you thought you weren't okay. You were a failure. Yeah, and yeah, it's not even that I was thinking that, but I would feel it. You'd feel it. I'd feel it in my body, like this, like, uh. And um, this was a very experimental time of my life, and I was very open to it, while also reminding my parents that I was not giving myself fully to anything. I did have my guard up, and I wasn't going to get part, of, become part of a cult. <laughs> um, so I want everyone out there to think, to 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 know that I'm a very critical human being who learned critical thinking in university and took all of this with a grain of salt. <laughs> and also, I, I experimented with emotional freedom technique, and that was a really interesting experience. They had me do this tapping, and they had me repeat a sentence um, over and over again, and, the, and this was my first experience of feeling how connected my feelings were with my thoughts. We tapped, and I repeated the sentence over and over I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. And it was that, that was the first time I realized that, that those words were so deeply attached to a big feeling inside of me. I didn't realize until then that, before then, that I really believed these words that I was a failure. As soon as I started tapping and saying these words, I just burst out into the biggest cry. Yeah. And that was healing? That was healing. It was very enlightening. It's like, whoa, I didn't realize these words had so much power over me. Mm. 
So yeah, this is the, the one side of it, which is the, the power of, I guess, what one might call negative thoughts. And then the flip side of it was when I was starting to learn the power of actively choosing for myself stories that I wanted to believe, mm. which was um, just as powerful as realizing that these negative stories were there. Mm-hmm. And so when did you say fiercely okay? It was after it was I was I was learning about the drama triangle. I was I was um there's something really silly. Someone had taken toothpaste that I wanted and I was feeling all this anger and I couldn't understand it and I had the tools, I had the people available to help me understand this stupid situation where I was overreacting because someone had stolen the tooth taken the toothpaste that I wanted without asking if I wanted that toothpaste. It was a perfect such yeah, it really caused me to like a a little red flag went up like, oh, this is something to look at. Drama. I'm feeling so much anger right now and it's a really small situation. So this is where I first understood like, oh, I've labeled this person as a persecutor, but really they don't have don't know anything about my my love of having the freedom to choose what toothpaste they want. I'm creating stories about this person and assuming things about them um, when really they're okay. I was learning that um, drama includes a story of someone not being okay and then avoiding drama includes, well, requires that we assume that everyone is okay Mm -hmm. and that they're not intentionally trying to make my life a living hell by stealing my toothpaste. Um, mm-hmm. That I'm responsible for what I want and I can clearly communicate that as long as I can communicate what I want. I can get what I want most of the time while also respecting what other people need. Mm-hmm. So the so, antidote to the drama is the story that I'm okay. The story that you are okay. I'm okay. You are okay. We're all okay. There's no drama as long as we're all okay. Of course, we're not all perfect, and we don't all have what we need, and we need to ask for help, but we have power, and we're responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I was just, like, grappling with this. I was still, like, not quite getting it. Like, okay, there would be situations where I'd start to feel like, oh, I'm out of control, um, and I don't know how to manage my life, and I'm not okay. I could see, like, it was, not, it was happening, and then I would try to say, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, and I just, like, couldn't believe it. I'm okay. I'm really okay. It's uh, that's not coming in, and um, mm-hmm. so I was, it was actually when I was in the kitchen with a good friend, Madeline Bonnie, dear friend, um, and I was having a hard time. I can't remember why it was exactly, but like the okay thing just wasn't getting in. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay, and then finally I just said, "Oh, I'm fiercely okay," and I could feel like this fire inside of me. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> there it is. I am powerful." Wow. I never heard that story before. Oh, that's where it came from. I think I wrote it down in my journal. I should probably go find that journal. Mm. That was the first time. I was like, oh, because in this world, you say I'm okay all the time. And it basically just means you say I'm okay okay when you really have nothing better to say. And it basically means I'm alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you doing today? You're like full of sorrow. Your brain's full of like messy stories and you feel broken and something's really challenging is happening in your life. And you'll answer... I'm okay. How is that supposed to be the antidote to all of our drama? I need to put the power back into it for myself. Ah. 
so the dra the solution to the drama was that everyone was okay mm -hmm. but simply saying and reminding yourself that, that you're okay didn't work so you needed to be more powerful so mm -hmm. fiercely okay yeah i think i've heard that word spoken around me and fiercely felt like a yeah just felt like a good word and I, when i say it i feel it in my stomach I feel like oh yeah i am powerful so then when you're angry at someone for taking the toothpaste mm -hmm. and um what would be the dramatic thing to do in that situation <laughs> well my little gremlin is kind of sneaky <laughs> <laughs> I might have assumed that they didn't do the right thing and I might have just stolen the toothpaste I wanted and <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to confront them but, but, potentially uh, um, you, you, you would nurture your resentment yeah <laughs> I mean, like yeah that's a nice way of putting it I would nurture my resentment take the toothpaste I wanted and leave them with the other one and then they could stew in their anger um, or if I was like a confrontational person I might have been like hey yo you took my toothpaste, you're stupid and inconsiderate and... Oh, yeah, that's probably what I wanted, wanted to say. Yeah. You're so inconsiderate, like, how could you do that? I mean, I never would have done that. I never would have said that. But some people might have. That would have been really dramatic, yeah. But what I actually did was just, like, shovel manure with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then what So angry and the silent treatment. That's, that's I think, how I express how I... The silent treatment? To other people that I yeah. think they're... I've They're experienced vile. your silent treatment. It's not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting better. Um, so what would the fiercely okay response be to someone taking your toothpaste? Yeah. Okay, so it would be to experience that anger. You, what I've learned is that you need to distinguish between the anger and the blame. There can be a beautiful, pure anger that's without drama. There's a really helpful force in your life. That doesn't include the targeted, you did something wrong to, to me. Mm -hmm. So there's the just like, oh, noticing, oh yeah, I'm feeling angry. And taking information from that and be like, oh, I'm a responsible human with all this information available to me. And that anger in that moment would have said, wow, I really care about what kind of toothpaste I have. That's interesting. And I also really value consideration of others. Okay. Information received. Now what do I do to this information? Um, this other person has already started using this toothpaste. Do I really want the toothpaste thing to be resolved? Maybe not. And then also, considering the other person, did they know that I wanted this toothpaste? Do I need to maybe clarify something for them just so that this doesn't happen in the future? Um, bringing a sense of curiosity to where the other person is coming from because in this world of no drama, I know they were fiercely okay and if some harm came to me, it's not because they, they're not okay or that they're trying to do me wrong. Mm -hmm. So assuming that it was a mistake and that some simple communication can make sure this doesn't happen in the future and the conversation can actually be really light. It doesn't have to be angry at all because the anger was just there to show me that something's important to me and I need to act on it. Mm -hmm. um, but the conversation can be as light as, hey, this, I've discovered a really silly thing about myself today. Um, I really care about what toothpaste I get. And I noticed I was feeling really angry when I didn't get to choose what toothpaste I wanted. Um, to avoid this in the future, do you mind just asking me before you take the toothpaste? And then they'd probably be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I had no idea you didn't. 
<laughs> you cared so much. And then I would probably end up feeling really silly for caring that much at all. But <laughs> you can also recognize that I'm a human who has built up stories about what I prefer for my whole life. And it's hard to change them. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. So basically, this is, these are tools that you learned for interacting with other people in a much more helpful and effective way. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, I was 23 and finally learning things I should have learned when I was five. How to effectively interact with other humans. (laughs) (laughs) How to come back Mm -hmm. to our basic sense of being powerful so that we can act in powerful ways instead of wasting our time blaming other people or wallowing in despair. Mm. That is just created by narratives of a mind that was built to help us survive. All right, so now we're back in Toronto. <laughs> um, you have fiercely okay choirs. Yeah. <laughs> Motley so, crews of people, <laughs> ranging from two <laughs> to maybe eight mm-hmm. people. So you got inspired to, to start these choirs. What? Tell me about that. What is the, what, what does the choir have to do with this? Hmm. Wow. So I guess I operate from the belief that what has been valuable for me must be valuable for some other people in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question? What? Tell me so about you the have, choirs. Yeah, you have all these the fiercely okay mm-hmm. tools for relating to other people in a mm-hmm. helpful and effective way. Mm-hmm. That became really important mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Important, yeah. important enough to start choirs called fiercely okay choirs. Yeah. There's so many layers. There, there are, <coughs> okay. Yeah. But, like, if I can just name them. I've been an anxious human. As long as I can remember. Um, that's point number one. Um, being part of creating a world where mental health isn't a crisis has become something that I'm very passionate about. Mm. I've raised funds for the Center for Addiction Mental Health and have talked a lot about the suicide crisis happening in Canada and in other developed countries. Um, I'm in tune to the isolation that people are experiencing, which I think is at the core of our mental health crisis. Um, I'm getting the sense that we all need to just come back to the basics of knowing that we're okay so that almost becomes a habit and we can then move outside of ourselves to focus on the crisis that our planet is facing Mm. so these tools for relating to other people are not only helpful when someone steals your toothpaste (laughs) they're helpful 
when you're feeling anxiety, like intense anxiety. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... Mm-hmm. And you wanted to spread this around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want everyone to know that there's like this power inside of them that they can keep coming back to no matter what is happening in their lives. And it exists beyond all mental health and mental illness states of being. Mm -hmm. People, I guess I came back from New Zealand and I was using this saying for myself, I'm fiercely okay, I'm fiercely okay. And I would use it at work when I was working as a door-to-door fundraiser. I would just start every single check-in with, I'm fiercely okay, and just wanting to practice this for myself. This fierce okayness exists in me, and I'm also feeling really sad today, and I'm feeling anxious, and this and this and this. Just practicing knowing that with that, that in all of the climates of my, my being, that fierce okayness is always in me, and I would vocalize it to my coworkers because it was helpful, because they would then reflect that back at me, like, hey, yo, you haven't said you're fiercely okay today. And then I'd come back and say, yes, I am. And um, I've become, like, sometimes fear so can't stop. It's, I, I recognize it's still just a narrative of my mind, and I sometimes need to clarify for myself what that means. And so I started adding other wording, and I discovered that it was also really helpful to, to tell myself that my value as a human being was non-negotiable. That also felt pretty fiercely okay. Mm-hmm. And I developed that one, too, while I was knocking on doors and getting rejected and had it, having to remind myself that my value as a human being is non-negotiable. It, it is not attached to how many donors I sign up tonight. Um, so, yeah. so that's another story that would be a dramatic story, is my value is related to how much money I raise tonight. Yeah, yeah. You'd end up feeling not okay. Mm-hmm. And you'd end up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess... This is part of the story. I was practicing practicing these things for myself, and it was when I joined a choir called Sing for Joy in Toronto that I ended up sharing these ideas with other people who actually seemed to be finding meaning in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wrote the song. I wrote a song. Yeah, I had some really amazing moments. I was just starting to tell a few people, and it was when I told... I told my friend who has schizophrenia, mm-hmm. who was actually in the same, just wondering, is this something I should say? Hmm, I don't think I'm revealing any identities. I was volunteering in the acute schizophrenia unit at CAMH, and then I met someone who had actually been in that unit. Outside of that unit. Outside of it, yeah. And... To this person, one day I said, you know, you're fiercely okay too. And he just kind of chuckled and sh- shook his head, or their head. <laughs> um, yeah, and it struck me that he was the first person to not believe that he was fiercely okay. And... Um, all I experienced... The, this person is like one of the most loving people that I've ever met. Like I just experienced them as pure love. And for me, yeah. Um, fierce okayness is attached to like that constant state of 
being of someone, and I experienced this person's per this person's particular fierce okayness as just like constant love, and so it's really created some cognitive distance for me that they did not believe that they are fiercely okay. So it became clear to me that this is a story that I needed to share with more people, mm. and they and maybe they needed to sing it in order to feel it. But actually, the song came about because someone basically said, you got to write this. Uh, Mental Health Day is coming up. Wouldn't it be great if you wrote a song? They were just kind of joking, I think. Wouldn't it be great if you wrote a fiercely okay song? And I was feeling kind of lonely and isolated in my own world at that time and had nothing better to do. So I've tried writing this song. And it's... I'm, not, I'm still not convinced it's very good, but <laughs> it has been powerful to have people sing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to spread this knowledge of how powerful it is to say and believe that you are fiercely okay. And it's not easy for everyone to to believe that. Yeah. But you're you're showing up consistently and telling people that they're okay and with these choirs. Oh, yeah, the and, choirs. You didn't get there, did I? And yeah, tell, so I think people, if they're not already... I mean, the, the concept of fiercely okay is kind of a big concept. And you've been thinking and journaling and writing about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And to... To nail it down is kind of tricky. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just a set of simple tools for avoiding drama. It's believing in yourself, believing in your okayness and everyone's okayness and that it's always there despite whatever happens and being responsible and many d other different things that I'm forgetting. Um, but you started these choirs to kind of spread this message to people or like live it in the world yeah. yeah 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 there's something so powerful about singing together that just like breaks down all like makes all stories narratives melt away all differences melt away and what you're left with is just that sense of being fiercely okay mm. I think that in a group of people especially people who have come to sing together we find satisfaction, um, the satisfaction of our most basic needs to belong and be seen, witnessed, understood, valued as we are. Um, mm -hmm. And in that, in that environment, our fierce okayness can really shine. Yeah, mm -hmm. so even... I've been to these choirs. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not being explicit about how this is a fiercely okay choir and this is what fiercely okay means and you're telling everybody this at choir, mm -hmm. you don't do that. You, The act of singing together gives people the experience of being okay. Mm -hmm. And you're very welcoming 
of all different experiences. And if people are angry and they're coming to choir, that's fine with you. You've you encouraged people to come as they are. Mm -hmm. And so however they are, they can come sing together and be fiercely okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The singing is powerful and that it brings us back to our fierce okayness and, and how I choose to facilitate it is also definitely a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All mind, body, feeling energetic states are welcome. The fierce occasions be, lies behind, behind that. And yeah, once I finally find a group that wants to consistently meet, we'll be able to get into like the bigger ideas of what I think makes, um, keeps us connected to our fierce okayness so that we can consistently act from that place. Mm, diving deeper into what it means. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. just because our fierce okayness is always with us doesn't mean that we're always acting from that place. We have to create habits around it. Yeah, no one's perfectly aware of their fierce okayness all of the time. No. No, it's really easy to act out of line with it. Mm-hmm. And to forget it's there. So, yeah, having tools, songs. People. Concepts. A, a community. People, yeah, people that can hold us accountable keep reminding us um yeah hmm. okay so where are these fiercely okay choirs happening <laughs> do you want to like are, are there any that you want to advertise on my super popular podcast <laughs> that no one knows about yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> um well watch out world because the stops fiercely okay choir is going to take the world by storm if not this year, maybe in 10 years. <laughs> um, the stop is? The stop is the Stop Community Food Center. It's at Davenport and Symington. Exact location. I don't know off by hand. It's like 1,800-ish Davenport Road. We meet there every Tuesday. Not every Tuesday. Every other Tuesday, depending on the month. From 10.30 until 11.30 a.m. You can come for breakfast, you can stay for singing, stay for lunch, meals are free. Um, yeah, we sing. Singing is free. Singing is free. Too. De yep, definitely. We're operating in the gift economy, my friends. This is something I'm excited to talk about in a future podcast. <laughs> um, so that one's happening, and it's really exciting because the stop cares so much about food sovereignty and people. And it's all connected, right? Mm -hmm. So the singing is just uplifting the mission of the stop. The stop is uplifting what I'm dreaming about. And I'm. this is going to be a really powerful group of people with an ability to probably share some really cool messages through the songs we're singing mm -hmm. with the world. That's one group. And then there's another group waiting on Thursdays mm -hmm. at the neighboring Davenport Perth Neighborhood and Community Health Center. They meet 6.30 to 8 p.m. in Perth Hall of the Health Center. And we were growing last season. And for some reason, we've lost some members since last season. And it's all good. Because mm -hmm. I'm in it for the long haul. Mm. Yep. Starting season. a new thing is not... Um, 
easy. No, I was just thinking today, like, oh, it doesn't even matter how good these choirs are going right now. The only, mo- the most important thing is that they exist and that I keep showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're not going to fail. They're just getting constant feedback. The right people who are looking for it and need it are going to find it. Yeah. Well, the last one was on Halloween, so you can understand people not coming on Halloween. Yeah. From 6.30 to 8 p.m. Yeah, totally. It's like prime trick-or-treating time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we still haven't figured out the whole communication thing. But we're going to get there. But if you are listening to this and you want to support this, come find me because I need help. Where will they find you? Oh, you can now email me at info at fiercelyok.ca. Info at fiercelyok.ca. Yeah, you can use that. Hopefully it works. <laughs> Just created it on Friday. Or you can find me on Facebook. Eventually, very soon, there will be a fiercelyok.ca. There will also be a fiercelyokay choirs Toronto Facebook group and Facebook page and a fiercelyokay Facebook page. And I'm already on Patreon. <laughs> But it's just, that Patreon is just as secret as this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Paul's my so, only supporter. All right. Your name is Stephanie Druin. Yes. I'm French-Canadian. D-R-O-U-I-N. You got it. That's how you'll find her on Facebook. Um, I think this has definitely gone over 20 minutes. Oh, it has. I'm not sure you'll want to post it. I think it's a little all over the place. Have you listened to my other podcasts? <laughs> okay, all the over bar the place is, is good. A low bar is something I need in my life. Joe Rogan is all over the place, and he's got like 5 billion views or something. Oh, fantastic. We fit right in. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to sing something to end? Sure. I'm fierce. Fierce. I'm okay. Okay. I'm fiercely, I'm fiercely okay. I'm fierce, fierce. Okay. Okay. I'm fiercely, I'm fiercely okay. You are not your body. You are not your mind. You are not your feelings. They're changing all the time. You are my family. You are my friend. I will love you forever. Our love knows no end. We are fierce, fierce. We're okay. Okay. We are fiercely. We are fiercely okay. We are fierce, fierce. We're okay. Okay. We are fiercely. We are fiercely okay. You could be mad, anxious, or blue, but all I see is fiercely you. There are infinite shades of fierce and okay. Would you have it any other way? Would the light seem right without the night? Would you know your might without the fight? Would you try to win if you couldn't lose? Would you care at all if you couldn't choose? Would the light seem right without the night? Would you know your might without the fight? Would you try to win if you couldn't lose? Would you care at all if you couldn't choose? Is there any consequence, really going into it now, of being alive that isn't worthwhile? Any shade of fiercely okay that isn't magic in its own way. This song will be recorded and put onto the Fiercely Okay website eventually. I am here.
too. Thanks mm. for being here, Paul. As your fierce self. <clears throat> uh, thank you for being my first guest. Oh, it's such an honor. This podcast is going to become famous someday. <laughs> and I'll have been there. All right. That's it for now. <laughs>